0: All right, um, I, I, did some, I started something last week that I neglected to tell you all about, and I'm sorry. I began a new teaching series, and, and the preaching series, I should say, is on the book of Acts, okay? So for the next while, probably very long while, we're going to be in the book of Acts, and we're in the book of Acts for a reason. Um, one reason is because we are seeking to step out into mission, Right? Well, the book of Acts is the very first church of Jesus Christ stepping out into their mission. So what better place to camp out for a good long time than with these people who, are, who then were living out the very same mission that we've been given? I mean, nothing has changed, right, since, since, since Jesus spoke the words. The mission of the church is the greatest commission. It has always been for us to go out into all the world to make disciples of men and women, people who don't even know him, they haven't even heard of him yet, but to, to, to turn them into disciples, right? To raise them up into the things of God, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we're gonna spend time in Acts because here's a group of people that very much like us. I know sometimes, you know, we read scripture and we think, oh, you know, so-and-so was a superhero. You know, so-and-so had a faith I could never have. You know, they walked with God in a way that's unavailable to me. Baloney, okay? These are people just like we are people. And so we're gonna look at their heartaches, their setbacks, their victories, their, their moments of persecution and when great faith was needed and discover how they prayed and we're, we're just going to spend time, we're going to get to know people that are doing the same thing we are doing. And my prayer is not that we will be exactly like the first church in Acts because times have changed. You know, there's some cultural things uh, today uh, happening that, that, you know, just, or happened back then that will not happen today. You know, we're not going to uh, meet an Ethiopian on the road in, in a chariot with a camel. It's just that, that kind of stuff isn't going to happen. But what I do pray, my prayer for KPC, is that we will experience the same burning love of God as a body that they felt. Man, that we'll, we will just get hit with the, the very same power that was poured out upon them, so we'll get the power of God, the, 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 the uh, passion of God, the, the plan of God. And as we lean up uh, or lean in and listen up, that we'll be transformed, that we'll be changed, that we won't be a group of people that just, you know, we come together because you're supposed to be at church, but man, we are in this thing the way these guys were in this thing. So my prayer is just God, turn us into the same grassroots movement. Lord, fully engage us in the kingdom of God for your glory. Lord, you know, if you can do it with Gideon, I mean, Gideon and 300 people, you know, 300 versus this gigantic army. Lord, what can you do through us? I know you can do this, God. And that's my prayer as a pastor. And so, so last week, we, we opened up the book of Acts. We, we uh, started off and we saw Jesus gather these first believers together. He calls them together he, he, he gives them this great mission. He tells them they're going to be witnesses, giving them instructions. And then, as I pointed out last week, they have to do the worst thing of all. You know, the thing we hate. They have to wait for a little bit. But then, what happens on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit is poured out. And that word poured is so important. I mean, the generosity of God with the Holy Spirit, the, the lavishness, just the, 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 the abundance of this. I mean, you know, it's not a trickle. It's not a drip. It's not, you know, a little stream. It is a deluge of the Holy Spirit. They are lit up, not just in a way that they experience, they see and they hear. Everybody experiences and so, so we, we, we talked about last week how, you know, th- there's a whole unbelieving world around them. You know, some are trapped in the religion of yesterday. You know, some have no idea, don't even care who God is. They see it. They hear it. And they come a-running, right? They come running asking, what is this? And the church is ready in that moment. These first believers are ready together. And I know Peter's the one who stands up with the, with, with the others. But the church together… They proclaim Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus. And the results, I would argue this morning, are astounding. That, with astounding results. The church goes from 120 to 1,000 3,120. Does anybody know the math on that, by the way? I do. You know what that's a multiplication of? 26 times. The church is multiplied by 26 times. Incredible altar call, right? And and y'all, this is just day one, right? This is opening day. Okay, the the season's going to stretch on for a while. This is just their opening day. Last week was mostly about what the Holy Spirit did on the outside, okay? The effect of the Holy Spirit on the world. Today, and that's leading right up to chapter 2, verse 41. Today we're going to look at what the Holy Spirit did inside, okay? So, what did the Holy Spirit do to the church? We're going to take a look at this, and we're going to go inside, all right? The Spirit of God at work among his people, and we're going to see the impact that the Holy Spirit had. And y'all, by the way, there's a two-part, there's a two-part thing here. One is the Holy Spirit is being poured out. The the second piece of this equation is them saying yes, all right? So it's the Holy Spirit and their yes. And that yes is very important. Because I was in a church once where we said absolutely no to the Holy Spirit. You know, you're welcome to come sit in the back, you know, put on a visitor badge, but do not get involved in any way, shape, or form. This is people saying yes. Lord, we want everything you've got for us. We want to be, go, do everything you have. So uh, the text here is Acts 2. 42 through 47, and yes, I did remember that I preached on this 15 months ago, so I'm going to read this, I'm going to hit the highlights, uh, cover the things that you already know real quickly, and then I want to point out something else that is happening in these six verses, all right? So, here, if you will, the Word of God, Acts two forty-two through 47. They, the first believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Wow. Um, Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts, They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord continued to add to their number daily those who were being saved. So the the result of the Spirit of God falling upon them and them stepping out into God's fullness, into His mission, it just jumps off the page, right? There is a church-wide hunger that was not there before. There is a hunger for instruction, for the Word of God. I shared my testimony briefly with a Sunday school class this morning, a Christian ed class, and I said, you know, before, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, I used to read the Bible, and it was like reading a telephone book, okay? Anyone ever tried to read the telephone? It was painful. But here are folks, the Spirit of God has fallen upon them. They have a voracious appetite for the Word of God and for instruction, They also have a voracious appetite for prayer. Have you you ever had that pre-Holy Spirit prayer time? The the connection might be kind of hard to make or, you know, you got to kind of change your language, change your demeanor, you know, but, oh, you just feel lost in this. Oh, God, I can't keep time. You know, let's go. Uh, These people are just engaged in prayer. They're hungry for prayer. And then the other thing y'all demonstrate today is just worship. I mean, these people, they cannot get enough of worship, Right? I mean, these days we debate about, you know, should we start a Wednesday night service? I wonder if anybody would come daily. Man, you can't keep these people out of the temple, out of one another's homes. It's just this life of worship has hit them. So the Spirit of God has energized these believers. Man, they're they're, they're just sucking it up, you know, eating it up. There's also within this church, you cannot mistake it, there's an open door to miracles. I mean, God can move at his leisure without obstacle, without resistance, and it's just happening. And we'll go on to see in Acts, I mean, there is nothing the Lord doesn't overcome. I mean, man, whether it's sickness or demonic possession, but even the miracle within them that starts right here, which is this incredible joy they have, and their radical generosity. You know, when I read they sold possessions and gave to those in need, I was going to try not to say wow, because when I went through the sermon before, I, I went wow as I was preaching. I couldn't help it. It's incredible to see this. I mean, if somebody within the body has a need, you know, the brother can't pay his electric bill. This church hears about it and they go, well, you know, we might not have the cash, but I bet there's something we can get rid of to meet the need. Whoa, just to see this in the church, radical generosity. Only the Spirit of God can do that. I mean, man, when it comes to the wallet, come on, let's be real, right? Let's keep it real today. Uh, God has done it. But the most beautiful thing I believe about Acts 2, 42 through 47 is, is the spiritual community. All these guys are a family. Oh, I mean, the, the, the love that exists between them, the care that's given. I mean, oh, it's just a spiritual community. I love what John, John Stott says. He says, you know, the Holy Spirit's poured out. These people say yes, and this just turns into a loving, learning, evangelizing, worshiping group of people. And all of this is awesome And it's all redundant, right? Because I've said this before. So, here is another dynamic, and this really hit me again this week. There is one other dynamic that is present in this first church, and it's the effect of the Holy Spirit. And um, I've never heard it preached, which means I've never preached it. And as I went through it this week, it hit me like a two-by-four. First of all, just God going, there's something else here. Look deeper, look deeper, look deeper, Steve. And as I prayed and just kept reading, it hit me. There is a hidden jewel in Acts 2, 42 through 47, and it is a word called humility. Humility has fallen on the body of Christ. And you might say, well, well, why is this humility hidden? Well, because it's humility, you know, it's, it's just so humble, you know, it, no, no, I'm just kidding. But, but really, it's humility. And I wanna be very careful when I say this word, because humility is one of those words that turns something off in us. You know, we hear humility and we go, oh no, not that. Listen, humility is not low self-esteem. Let's get real clear about that. Humility is not somebody walking around with a, with a bunch of guilt and shame and, you know, they're kind of flogging themselves and, you know, they're everybody's doormat and, uh, you know, everybody's roadkill. It's just that is not humility. Humility is something else entirely. Romans 12.10 says this about, about humility. It says, it, it, it's a, a phrase directed at us. It says, be, Paul says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That is the best definition of humility. Honoring other people above ourselves. Here's humility. Humility is when we lower ourselves in relationships to one another. You, you talk about a statement that goes against American culture. Lower yourself in relationship to others. As a husband, uh-uh, no, I don't do that as a husband. As a husband, I've got to keep my position above my wife, right? You know, as, as a worker working with other peers, man, I, I, I got to keep a foot on somebody's neck to keep my position. That, that's the American way. It's not the biblical way. Humility is where we literally demote ourselves from number one and we put others there. We we remove ourselves from the center of all things, you know. And some, you know, we can live like this if we're not careful. You know, I am the center of the universe. Everyone revolve around me as the planets do the sun. Humility is, no, I step out of that place. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm putting others there. Us. uh, Humility is when we honor and we, uh, Hunter's going to love this. I, I think it's Hunter, or maybe it's Mark who always says this, you guys look so much alike, good looking and all. But preferring others. It's just where we say, I choose in Jesus' name to prefer you above me. And we could say, well, okay, Steve, who are these others you speak about? Well, these others are simple. First of all, it's God. He is it in my life. He is the one and the only. He takes center stage. His word is my command. Uh, I, I, everything that He is, I, I, I choose. I choose Him, but it's also putting others in that place. So it literally is us getting off the throne, right? You know, the the, the, the gilded throne, and just saying, "Lord, as far as I'm concerned, others will occupy that place." And then we say, well, well, "Well, then what happens to us, right? Then what happens to us if we do that?" You you just said we weren't a doormat. Well, we're not a doormat. You know what we become? We become servants. We become the servant of all. And I know we hear that in our culture and we go, oh man, Steve, that's kind of tough. You know, I mean, you're kind of asking a lot here. I mean, you know, uh, surely there's got to be someone who is an example of this for us, you know, that we can emulate and follow. Your word is fine and this is convincing for a couple of minutes, but, you know, I got to have someone to follow in this. Well, let me give you someone. Paul gives them to us in Philippians 2, in case we missed it everywhere else. Chapter 2, verses 6 through us, he gives us Jesus Christ himself. Listen to these words. Paul says, Christ Jesus, even though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave or a servant. He was born a human being, even though he was God. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, meaning he chose to honor others in obedience to God, even dying a criminal's death on a cross. Our Lord, our Savior, the Son of God, the one and only, he humbled himself like that because he had a mission for God to fulfill. I love that. And because of that, what did God do? He exalted him to the place of highest honor when it was over. Gave him the name that is above every name that now at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is God to the glory of the Father. That's the payoff for humility in his life. Oh yeah, and then there's our salvation. So look at, look at, look at what, he, what he does there. And then Paul points to us You know, telling us who Jesus is. Paul points to us in verses three and four, and he says, okay, church, so you be humble. Well, Paul defined that. Think of others as better than yourselves. Church, do not look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And when you stop to think about that, okay, stop to think about a church like that, where everyone serves the other, Laying down, blessing, caring for. I mean, imagine a church like that where everybody reflects Jesus by seeking the good of one another and the good of their neighbor. Man, I hear that and I just go, wow, you know what? A little scary, lots of flesh is going to have to die, but I think I want in on that. Especially when we see it so beautifully reflected in the first church of Acts, this church that we will see in days to come, it's just, it's just unstoppable, And so, that's one side of humility, which is to honor and to prefer others. There's another side as well that comes out of Acts uh, 2.42 through 47. It's also a little bit un-American, and it's, it's the principle here of submission and subjection. Humility calls us to actually submit ourselves or to subject ourselves, to put ourselves underneath another. You know where we've seen this? Jesus and the 12 disciples, right? Do, do, do you note what they do for three years? They follow this man. Do you note, have you ever looked back into Jewish history and, and noticed how it worked between the rabbis and the students? Same way. The, the, the goal back then was a rabbi, and Jesus is, is the rabbi in, this, in, in, uh, in the New Testament, in the Gospels with the, uh, with the disciples, but we see it in the Old Testament too where a rabbi would literally gather students together and his goal was not just to get his information in their heads, his goal was to shape them and to mold them to be just like him. You know, that was the goal of a rabbi. They knew. They knew they would not live forever, but they knew they could live forever through their students. And so students came in, and they put themselves underneath and said, teach me, train me, mentor me, mold my life, make me like you. And y'all, that, that is, again, what we see in this first church. You see both sides of humility here just leaping off the page. You've got this honoring of one another, people out there. You've got this this submission and this subjection. And I'll tell you this, humility has always been the it factor for people on mission with God. Humility is absolutely the it factor with, with, with this first church. This is what it means to be a follower, a disciple, a true believer of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what it resulted in, in the church of Acts, you know, you do not find because they were humble, they were a defeated people, you know, or, well, you know, they kind of kept their eyes lower. What you see here in Acts chapter 2 is you see a church that is unstoppable. There is nothing that God can't do through these people because they're empowered with the Holy Spirit, and they're just walking in this beautiful, rich humility. And I'll tell you this, today, God is still after this in his church. This is still what God is looking for in his church, and I'll tell you, the promises for the humble. When you look at what God says all throughout Scripture about a humble people, here's here's just the short list of promises. God promises to exalt the humble. God promises again and again to guide the humble, to sustain the humble, to to crown the humble with victory. Over and over and over. And y'all, that short list is just out of Psalms. That's like out of four Psalms, I pulled all that out. But you see it everywhere. So that's what we're looking for here, okay? A church that is empowered, a church that says yes, a church that is humble. Now, I'm going to do something, okay? And if you guys, I'm just going to warn you, this is something that will not happen again unless. The Lord twists my arm. And I have to give the disclaimer because God has twisted my arm before when I've said never. You know, it's, it's the surest way to have something happen in your life again. Say never, right? Oh, I will never live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, get ready for the next 10 years of your life, right? I will never watch a NASCAR race. Well, get ready to be their chaplain for the next three years. So be careful with the word, right? I warned you. But I'm going to do something that I am not a fan of, okay? Okay. Um, so if, if you like this, enjoy it, because I, I don't plan on it happening soon. I am going to actually, for, the, for, for most of the, the rest of the message here, I'm going to promote specific opportunities for you to step into mission. Now, let me tell you why I don't like doing this. Um, I have been traumatized by this in the past in my life. And what I mean by that is pastors who really should have been preaching scripture, but they just were promoting, they were using the pulpit to promote stuff or ask for money or do all this, and uh, I vowed early on as a pastor, Lord, I'm never going to do that as a pastor. And so here I am doing this. So, uh, and I'll tell you a story. One time our pastor, um, <laughs> our pastor wanted us to, to build a building. He wants to build a new worship building. It's really happened. So we need to build, so we get, we get ready to do this capital campaign, which means everybody needs to give a whole lot of money to build this building. This guy, uh, this, this dear brother in the Lord, um, to motivate us, preached 17 straight weeks out of the book of Nehemiah with the same tagline at the end, you need to give your money. Y'all, by the end of this thing, I was like, brother, I will rob a bank if you would just change your sermon series, okay? Today, the cause is more noble um, because it is about the Great Commission and the Greatest Commandment. So, let me show you now specific ways, and I'll try to be brief, specific ways that you and I can step into mission because at some point, this does has to result in what we do. So, uh, Harrison or whoever's up there, will y'all roll the first slide there? I believe the first slide is prayer. Here are some prayer opportunities, okay? Um, Early morning sanctuary prayer. One of the things we said is we are going to get back to being a house of prayer, right? That's what Jesus said. So, we're turning up prayer around here. Here are ways that we're doing it. Early morning sanctuary prayer, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday. On Sunday mornings, you can come in here at 7 o'clock in the morning. This is prayer, by the way. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, This is praying in the Spirit. Uh, It's glorious. It's powerful. I saw eight or nine of y'all in here today doing this. You can step in here on, Sun, uh, on those mornings. We'd love to have you here. Wednesdays, this week, I am launching lunchtime prayer, uh, which means I'm going to be a part of that. So, I'm going to be in here Wednesdays, right in here, praying over that lunch hour. This is a time to be with God. It's a time to get refreshed in the middle of the week. This is a time to get God's mind. It's going to be sweet, soft, marinating-type prayer. Love to have you if your schedule and the distance permits. But come and let's pray. Um, We also have worship nights that we'll be doing once a month. And this is going to be worship with the safety off the gun, just so you know. Um, Free-flowing, yeah, uh, woo, right on. Free-flowing, fun uh, worship. There's going to be a lot of prayer involved as well. Uh, A lot of uh, prophetic-type prayer, stepping into prayer moments. But you're going to see that come up. Uh, We also, we're going to continue at the end of the service. You may have seen the shift to pray up front with people so there's going to be a lot of altar ministry because we want to step into what God says to boom the impact on your life. So you're going to note, even in our services, prayer is being turned up. And um, by the way, altar ministry, we also have intercessory prayer. Those things in the bulletin that you fill out, pray for me, we really do pray over those. And we're turning that up more. In fact, even as a staff, we're uh, we're doing staff prayer. Uh, we just added that in, Thursdays from 9.30 to 10.30. We're praying over everything that gets put in the bulletin. So, we're turning it up. And by the way, Neil, do you need folks still for altar prayer and intercessory prayer? If, if, if God has given you the heart of an intercessor and, and, and to pray with people one-on-one, man, come on up. The water's good, you know? This is not for the elect and the few. We'll train you. We'll get you praying. We'd love to have you be a part of it. But let's step into prayer together. And by the way, this is a beginning, all right? It doesn't end here. This is just what we got on the surface, so we're going to plunge a lot deeper into prayer, but these are opportunities. Uh, The next one, worship, and I might not have given you all the info here, Harrison. Shiloh, you feel free to scream if you're in the room. Um, The worship night, once a month, please be aware of that. Great way to learn as as a worshiper to dive in deep, but there are also a number of worship opportunities for folks Uh, One is the choir, Faithful Men. They've been going for a long time. But Shiloh, are you here? You're you're probably not. Uh, Yeah, Uh, you you guys are starting a women's chorus. Isn't that right? Oh, it's already started. Women's chorus, youth choirs just started. We have children's choir. And uh, Shiloh, what else do I have here? Um, uh, Orchestra, yes, orchestra. So listen, the, the point is this you might not feel like I'm a great, gifted, talented, whatever. It doesn't matter. God's not looking for professionals. He's looking for worshipers. So, man, jump in, learn, grow deeper. Uh, you know, let, let, let your, uh, you know, uh, just dive in. That, that's the best way to say it. Okay. So, um, okay, so did I cover everything there, Shiloh? But those are a few opportunities. Fellowship. Now, where is Bethany? Bethany, are you here? It's so much fun to call the staff out just to see if y'all are really in the room. Okay. Bethany is help to, helping to lead us in the area of fellowship. You're going to notice uh, we, we are ramping up on… The, who went to the picnic? Oh, come on. There were like 800 people there. So, most you… Okay. So, we're going to be doing more things like that as a body. Why? Because the payoff for just coming together and loving each other, and you talk about a witness to the world, invite somebody, in. the best way to start witnessing somebody, bring them into a fellowship event. I didn't know you guys were like this. Wow, Christians like to eat too. Oh, you know, look at all the fun, you're... y'all come on to these. But also, Bethany's developing a number of teams, um, an on-call team for hospitality. Some of you guys, you have the gift like like my, my lunch buddy, Gary Howell, okay, I'm just gonna call Gary out. That brother is a welcoming machine. He takes me out just to welcome me during the week. Okay, we got to lunch like, like a couple times a month. But th- there, some of you have an incredible gift just to love people. When, when people get in, introduced to you, they just come to life. They feel at home. We need you. We need you to be a part of us. So, there's an on-call team, um, and there's a lot of volunteering opportunities. Bethany's going to help plug people in with their giftings. You might not know what your giftings are. Go talk to Bethany. She'll help you with that, okay? I found out last week I'm an entertainer. We took a a personality profile. We took a personality profile. We're getting to know ourselves as a staff. And so, the first line of mine said, this person is the most likely to break out into song and dance and here's what's so funny. Y'all don't work with me. I do that every day around the office. And Bethany, you help me embrace my true self. <laughs> but we'll help you discover your giftings, but we want to plug you in because, listen, the next wave of the church is you rising up as the church to be the people of God. It really is, you know? So we want to see the church rise up. Bethany's going to help us get there. You even created one thing, and it's so cute, I have to mention it, Bethany. Um, a high school football meetup where... A bunch of people just get together who love high school football games, and they just go out. You know, why? Just to be together. Well, what's spiritual about that? Everything is spiritual about that. So, we're, we're opening the door in a very big way to fellowship, and we're going to hear a lot more about that in, in days to come. Um, discipleship. Let me talk about discipleship. Now, this is big, okay? In an age when many are walking away from discipleship, which is craziness, Um, we're going the other way. Uh, A few things already exist like the men's caffeine revival and the dad's group. They meet on alternating Saturdays. And this is a time when men come together and as husbands, uh, not wives, husbands, um, you know, men of God, you just just get sharpened. You know, you just, just get poured into. Stan, you guys are moving location to the Providence Grill. Is that right? Mark, where are you guys meeting? Panera down the street. That's all you need to know. So, good luck finding that. But, um, so men, you've got that. <laughs> women, uh, there are a couple things for women. One is TGIF events. You're going to see those, those uh, uh, pop up from time to time. Yesterday, they had the Beth Moore thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, like over, over 200 women just coming together to get filled. To get encouraged, to get blessed, to get refreshed. And so uh, we had that. Also, there's a Tuesday night revive group. Every Tuesday night, women coming together. Uh, I think in the summer, y'all were doing it. It was like 60 or so. It started last Tuesday night. Come together for how long is that for? A couple hours, maybe? Yeah, about an hour and a half. Worship and great teaching. Okay, so, so please come out to that. We also have uh, Christian education right now going on, some classes. Jane and I are teaching a class on the Holy Spirit in here on Sunday mornings from 8.45 to 9.30, uh, just moving us to being an empowered church, looking at the Holy Spirit from a biblical point of view, taking away every argument that anybody could possibly have against the person and the work and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In love, in love and gentleness, but, um, because y'all, the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. Oh, I mean, come on, that is like appetizer, full meal, and dessert, you know, so come out for that. Um, Dr. Max Lyons is also facilitating a DVD class on, uh, on The Truth Project. And it's all about living as a Christian, getting a biblical worldview for the times we live in. Very important for this day. Um, You don't want to miss that. And then Deb is right in her wheelhouse with finding emotional freedom. Is that, that, uh, Deb, then that's the class, finding emotional freedom. And it's literally discovering God's power to redeem and restore. Healing, uh, getting healing from past hurts and freedom from bondage, okay? So there's a lot of prayer in all of this stuff, and all of this is not just informational, it's impartational, and some of it's brand new. We also, Pastor Neil, to back you up, I gotta tell you, right now, media, all right, we got this, and I thought, okay, you know, the Netflix of, you know, the Netflix, it's a big, it's a big of, of Christian uh, discipleship, we'll see, Jane and I are doing, we're doing those every morning for our devotion time, we read, we pray, and then we watch one, Y'all, these things are fantastic. Um, We watched one by Jen Hatmaker, pulling the thread. Right now, what's that woman's name? She's hilarious. Lisa something. What is it? Harper, Harper. yeah. You guys, we watched one on Francis Chan on marriage. It just got encouraged in our marriage. Y'all, this is a phenomenal resource, and it is free to you, okay? So if you haven't signed up, sign up. Neil, I hooked you up, brother. There you go. Okay, a couple of other things. For young adults... Uh, Scott and Karen Walter are starting something called The Bridge for 18 to 25-year-olds. And it's coming together, uh, Single, the, uh, 18 to 25-year-old singles for fellowship and practical meeting, meet, uh, meeting twice a month at their home. Does anybody know Scott and Karen? Yeah. Hey, if you're on the fence, that clap should pull you over into, into uh, green pastures there. Um, seniors ministry, 50-plus Uh, A whole new ministry is launching for y'all. Neil's calling it Generations Ministry. Is that right, Generations? Um, You've got your own pastor, which is great. You also have me too. Uh, But a lot of things are going to be happening there. And Neil is presently uh, recruiting leadership for that. So again, this is all designed to us really stepping into much more as a church. And making a difference in our world. Kids ministry, just a couple things, and I'll hit the… Uh, uh, Henry, get ready because I'm going to call you up in a minute. Um, for kids, there's new kids ministry, K4J 24-7, new kids ministry for K to fourth uh, fourth grades, and then Club 56 for our middle schoolers. And I will tell you this, if God has given you the ability and the heart to mentor young people, Deb and Liz, they need godly men and women to come in there and, uh, and, and to help mentor and to, to help make a difference in the lives of kids. And that's one of the things I am learning as an adult, that as I, as I kind of grow to the top of the food chain, whatever that means, I climb the ladder of age, God is calling me back down again and, again and again and again to be a voice and to be an influence in the next generation. And there's a lot of room there if you're ready. Thank you, sister. I appreciate that. All right, um, final thing is outreach, service, and missions, okay? This is a big step for us. Uh, I'll highlight a few things, and I want to ask a friend to come up. Next week, we have missions, we, uh, missions weekend. Friday night, we will have an international fair that is going to be pretty awesome. That's right here. Dana, what time does that start? I shouldn't have forgotten what time, but my head's fuzzy right now. She's not in here, but it's uh, Friday night, right? Seven o'clock, does that sound right? Okay, we'll fake that. Okay, seven o'clock. Saturday night is a Bethel concert. And it, yeah, I'm with you. It's going to be fantastic. Hunter Thompson, the tickets are $15, but here's why the tickets are $15. We are taking half the proceeds and we're, we're launching a goat project. Uh, we are going to be buying goats for villages in, like, uh, in Africa. Harrison and I are going to be a part of distributing those. We're joining Ron Kiracosta on the mission field in October for two weeks. And, um, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to not only fund it, we're going to be a part of, 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 you know, reaching our hand uh, across nations. So be aware of those things. Um, also, one of the big focuses for 2016 is a course called Perspectives. Has anybody taken Perspectives? I'm going to warn you about Perspectives, okay? Perspectives will change your life, okay? That's why it's a focus for 2016. It is massive. Now, there's cost involved. Do not let that stop you. I will find the money, okay? I won't rob a bank like I threatened earlier in the sermon. We, we will get you in that class. You guys, Perspectives is a game changer for us as believers, in terms of mission across the world and across the street. So, it's a big one. It's coming up. You're going to hear a lot about it. But there are other opportunities right now. Here's a practical one. Kurt Bailey. Are you here, Kurt? I love Kurt. He's, oh, Kurt. Oh, they're in California. Oh, all right. It's putting a little distance between you and your church, huh? Okay. But Kurt, uh, every week, leads something called the Samaritan Team. You know what the Samaritan Team is? Yeah, it's just a bunch of people who receive practical needs and they just go help. They put up a fence for someone who can't afford it. You know, they go help somebody move. Uh, All kinds of, fix the toilet, whatever. You talk about showing the love of Jesus to people that don't know it. A bunch of guys show out of nowhere and for free, they fix your stuff. This is just sweat, okay? Love to have you be a part of that. Um, Food pantry, Phil and Donna Drapish, they need help back there. I... I forget how many pounds of food they give out weekly. Y'all, they serve thousands of people, putting food in the stomachs of, of the hungry, right out, right out of the back of the church. They'd love to have your help, okay? You can uh, talk to them. Um, we also have things like deacon's work days, two to three times a year, just fixing up the church. There are places for you to connect and be a part. Julia Rodriguez needs help. With, uh, with ushering, okay? Um, finally, though, we have have a couple of very specific ways where everything comes together, okay? Service, outreach, and evangelism. And they're very similar. I'm going to let you hear about one of them, but uh, but uh, specifically, I'll, I'll just promote the other one. Buffy and Lori, known to those of us who know her real well, is Miss Lolo, okay? So, Buffy and Miss Lolo, they they lead, and it's pretty much weekly, guys, isn't it? an outreach to a local trailer park, um, a, a place that's very destitute. I've been out there myself. Um, all kinds of things happening. You know, things we don't want to know about quite often, you know, we'd like to stay away from, but, you know, poverty, drugs, I mean, all, all kinds of things happen in this place. These two have been going in there for years and just at Thanksgiving, taking a bunch of turkeys, you know, reaching, this community has come to know them. They're beginning to pray with people, share Christ with people. They would love some hands and feet. They would love to have the church join them to where we invade this place. And, you know, maybe in time we just move on to somewhere else, you know. But literally bringing Jesus Christ to those who need him. And they are not going to seek him out without someone going. They're doing this all the time. Now, having said that, I want to reintroduce you to somebody. A friend of mine. Let me have a mic here. Henry Justice, are you in the room? Come on, Henry. Now... Henry's my man, okay? Um, Henry, the, the Lord has just called him back to, uh, to KPC. And for those of you who don't know Henry, he'll, he'll tell you this as much as I will. Henry is not a superstar. He's not more spiritual than anybody else. He's just a man who's been called to meet the needs of the homeless. And um, he's also a very good-looking man, if you ask me. But… <laughs> Henry, is, he, he's really doing the, doing, doing the work of Christ where, and again, it, it, with, with folks who the world has forgotten about, I'm going to give him a couple of minutes just to talk to you about uh, opportunities. Five, yeah. five minutes. Five minutes. And j- I just want you to hear his heart, hear from him a little bit, and the door is opening for, for us to be a part of this. So, Henry. Amen. I love you, man. God
1: bless you, my brother. I appreciate you. it. Ooh. It's good to be home, you guys. Do you want this? Yeah. Okay. I will leave it, You know, sometimes when you've been absent from a place that you really know is home, it really is missed when you're gone. So to let you know, you know, sometimes we find places that we don't need to go in our minds and we make it a good reason for not being someplace. And for me, it's been almost two years since I've been in here. And I was a deacon for 15 years and I've hugged many of you. Some of you have probably washed your feet. And I just want to let you know, nothing's changed. I was the same old me, didn't go anyplace else, I was just missing you. So if I can just come back with that in mind, like I've never been gone, I'm gonna pick up right where I've left from. Come on. You know, Christ's love goes where nothing else is allowed to go at many times. But one of the main things that I was called here to do, and uh, it was to serve others. And what we've done for many years here is serve meals at the Union Mission and down at Judea christian Outreach Center. We serve now upwards to 300 people once a month with the new mission being completed. They have 250 beds that men sleep in now, where at one time, if you all are familiar with the old mission, they slept on the little eggshell crates on floors and it was a very, very austere way for these guys to get back on their feet. But some of us, you know, like me, I'm kind of a pushy guy. And some of you say I'm <laughs> bossy. And I'm glad that you see that because I mean it to be that way. <laughs> but, you know, we've all been called to do things a certain way. And I'll tell you now, if you come serve with me, I have a particular way. Some of you served with me since... Hurricane Floyd. Wow. Okay. We had trailers at Trailer City. That's a Chesapeake minister that my friend Buffy's got there. Well, I've been going to Trailer City for about 20, 25 years. Nothing's changed under the sun. The poor are always with us. And we're always needed. And usually, you know, if you're familiar with serving a meal at a shelter or going to some place, usually you've got a wonderful church budget and they buy you a bunch of the commodities that you need to put on the people's plates and serve them. We don't do it that way. Tell them Nancy's story. When I come aboard, it's time for us (laughs) to put up or so much be quiet. We go and find the meat that we serve every month because the Lord has blessed me with a big mouth. And he's given me the chance to come and squeeze somebody that wouldn't normally let themselves be squeezed and I get something out of them. So we have a wonderful established ministry that just needs you in more numbers. I've got people now that are 80 years old, plus or minus, and I was told I couldn't use their names, that served with me religiously for many years. We cut hair on a regular basis. Mm. We'll be doing that on the 19th of this month. So some of you wish to come along with me, it's a good opportunity. We'll give you a haircut if you want one, but I prefer you to help. We also wash feet and cut toenails. Many years ago, the Lord put it on my heart that those guys walking up and down 17th Street to the oceanfront and letting their feet get wet. And those guys that come to the Union Mission that are cold and hungry and never take care of their feet. Mm -hmm. Many people are too old, too heavy, too simple to take care of such a mundane task. And just a week ago, I had a fellow named William Robinson about six foot seven, size 14 feet, came to me after we served on the first Saturday of the month and said, Mr. Henry, can you help me with my feet? And the boy was walking on the top of his shoes and is using them like loafers with the 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 string on the shoe tied to his foot and no sock. And his toenails had turned under and he was walking on top of toenails. Hmm. So Lord, guys, if you ever think that, look, there's a job that I wouldn't do. There isn't one. You've got a loved one, the next thing you know, you're helping take care of them in a bed and you're changing their diaper. And you do it without question. These are people that the Lord has put on our hearts that says that if we, not who, who's gonna do it? If it's not we, who's gonna do the love part of serving? And that's what we exist for, is the love part of serving. When we come, we hope that they will remember us and wait for us to come back the next time. Wouldn't that be a great joy if you did that? Well, guess what? They do. When we show up on the first Saturday a month, there's the biggest crowd they ever get at the union mission because they know we're coming. They know Christ is gonna be extra, extra good in the house is what I tell them. I see he's always here, he always loves you, but we'll try to bring a little bit extra of him if we come, when we do it. So just encouraging you, a lot of you've cut hair with me. Some of you were babies when you first come and I'm looking at you too. The Lord gives us a great chance to reach out as a crowd, not just a small group. We've been serving along and serving along, but some of you, I know I've got you on my email list, and sometimes I don't hear from a lot of folks that I would hope would call us, but that's the way this ministry exists. I will give you my email, and I'll give you a card if you need it to remember it by, but the only way that sometimes you can keep things coordinated and organized is to have a ready base, a place where you can keep somebody together by numbers, but I also need to know what you guys would certainly like to do. If I can get some warm bodies that says, Henry, I'll do anything you want, Henry, I can wash feet, Henry, I can collect clothes, Henry, I can even tell time, because I need somebody to help me tell time (laughs) sometimes. This outreach ministry, I put together a web page. I kind of like just give you some words on it and then I'll get out of the way. Yes. We are devoted to performing the work God has called us to do, that being to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and comfort the sick. We strive to do this first by meeting the physical needs of His people and in this effort, unite with others in the body of Christ to bring food and clothing to those who need it most. Help find housing for those sleeping in the woods and on the street without adequate shelter. And bring comfort to the hurting and lost by our acts of love, by them seeing God's people working together for them and their physical needs. Our desire is to all we encounter will know we are Christians by our love. Amen. And the spiritual feeding can begin at that point as God wills. So many of us would like to change everything we see wrong. We'd like to take every one of our children that has ever gone down the wrong road and put them on the right path and make all things good. But as we all know, life isn't always like that. And we have to be vigilantly faithful to the task that God has called us to do so that we might help come to the good news The presentation part that we might get to see results of what we do. But all I know is that we're called to be faithful to the service and then let God do his will to those that he calls us to. And to that end, I'd like to lead y'all wherever you like to go. Let me help you serve with us. And I'm back at it. Okay? God bless y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. It was good. You too. Are oh. we still working? Yeah. You never know what you're going to be called to do next. I encourage people when we come serve to meet the people that you might be part of them. Those of you that have come, you pray for them regularly. The children we help in the trailer park at Trailer City, we've done it's 40 children in 26 trailers and we try to do the same thing that they're doing at other trailers, but It takes a lot of people to make this end. These girls are working themselves to death, and they love every minute of it. They're loving every minute of it. Look at that girl as young as she looks, and she said she was fifty-three years old when she talked to me. You'd never know Buffy Lane was fifty-three years old. Just make me stretch it out a little bit. And look how young she looks. So look how good this service treats you. When you do the good things, it treats you well. But listen, I had a gentleman that I met and he never had a family. I met him serving a meal, hugged him. Next thing you know, he's one of mine. He says, Henry, my family doesn't want me anymore. I can't go back home. And I helped this guy through about five different, 10, 25 different places for recovery. From Lenore, North Carolina on the top of a mountain to who knows where. But bless his heart, I didn't know what else to do. I prayed about it and this was 17 years ago that I gave him a family, and his name was LD, and he's the sweetest old vet you'd ever met in your life. Sniper, tough inside, but he was a loving, sweet old man, and his family had left him by the wayside because of what he had lived and what he had become. And he was one of mine, and he was loved to the end. And I gave him a family, and we can do the same. We give him the body of Christ. We're all his children. We all unite as one. We've been hearing the message preached. There's nothing that we all haven't heard before, but have you had somebody come along and say, get up, get up and come with us. I know everybody's serving, everybody's doing something, but Lord, if you live it every day and you chew on it and you get up and you go out in the morning and you're like me, you see some guy standing at an intersection that's cold and wet, I've got a daggown sandwich and a little snack in the back of my truck I stop to my wife's chagrin holding up traffic. I run over and give the man a hug, give him a snack and tell him, look, if you need anything, call me and give him my card. That's what we're called to do. Much more than go out and just serve. We've got to adopt the poor. We've got to love the necessary people that we get in touch with. Everybody's got to be pulled into the fold, otherwise they get lost. So if not us, who? So thank you again. Thank you, buddy.
0: Listen, we're going we're gonna to end the service now in, in a little different way. Um, this is a servant of commitment, okay? Just to, committing ourselves to the mission, the vision, the core values. God has called us to go out into fields that are white with harvest. Uh, my prayer as we, as we commit ourselves is that the Lord, and he's going to do this. It's like asking for something you've already been guaranteed in Scripture. God's going to meet us with his love. He's going to expand our capacity to love Him and, and to be living love to the world. God's going to, uh, some of us have been asking the question, where's the power of the Holy Spirit? It's waiting for us, okay, all of that. But that God will meet us in a way that absolutely revolutionizes who we are. Will we always be the same sweet KPC? Yeah, but God wants to do more. So this is a time to commit ourselves. Um, Shiloh and them are going to lead us in worship in just a second. I'll tell you a couple of ways that you can you can uh, uh, act act on this commitment. One is, um, we printed out a bunch of bookmarks. I know, it's pretty simple. But you could take and put in your Bible just to remind yourself of what we're all about. These just simply remind us of the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, that we're all meant to, to be people who are passionate for God and compassionate toward the world. And then on the back, it just details a, uh, just details the vision for us a little bit. Come up and pick up one of these during our time of worship or as the service ends. The other one, and I know this may be cheesy too, but I, I just love this. I got a bunch of river stones, all different sizes. So based upon your preference, you can have a big one or a small one. But these are river stones, and, and they just simply remind us that, you know, we, we are living stones. And we are, we are part of God's family. So just come, I, I invite you to pick up one of these. Put it in a place um, that's prominent, you know, on your desk, wherever. Use it as a a paperweight. It doesn't matter. But just to remind you of who you are in Christ. We could ask you for something. Um, We can, and by the way, we need your giving to pull all this off. But today we wanted you to just take something home to to remind you of who we are as the body of Christ. So at any point during worship afterwards, come pick up a stone, pick up a bookmark. But together, this worship is really just a way of us saying, Yes, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. Lord, I'm ready for more. I'm ready to do more, be more. I'm ready to watch you do what I've only read about in times past. So let me say a prayer and then you guys worship. And guys, the front is open if you want it. Don't forget your kids. You can bring them back in. Uh, We won't be here all day long. But, you know, we may have a couple of prophetic words pop up. We never know. We're not in a hurry. Um, But uh, let me just pray and then let's go back into worship in a time of committing ourselves to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we recognize today that humility is absolutely a choice. It is a choice to prefer somebody else. Lord, it is a choice to submit ourselves to one another and to put ourselves underneath the Word of God and and, and godly leadership. But Lord, humility is also, it is also a response to love. It is because you have loved us and we are overflowing with your love that we want to follow that we want to do more that we want to love others so God even now we've preached about this in the past Lord as we worship and we commit ourselves to you God would you baptize us in love Lord would you renew to your church first love in Jesus name and God I thank you for the for the promise of your power poured out upon us Lord, we are not ashamed of the power of the Holy Spirit because we are Presbyterians or because we are 21st century American Christians. God, we need your power. We need all of your power in every form to be who you've called us to be. So God, I'm asking you too to just come on and baptize your church in the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us to overflowing. And we say yes to the joy. We say yes to the unexpected adventure. God, we we say yes to healing of strep throat as we preach messages. God, prophetic dreams, Lord God, tongues, interpretations, just everything that comes with the Holy Spirit. Don't come and be somebody else, Holy Spirit. Be yourself in the body of Christ. Fill us up. Pour us out in Jesus' name. We are ready. We are hungry. And God, we say yes in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, God, in Jesus' name.